We are back for another Codex Cantina episode, which is just two guys talking literature, trying to make sense of it. Now, we spend a lot of time pushing ourselves, trying to understand this literature, organizing it, and then bringing it to a conversational approach for how we deliver it. And we've absolutely put more money in it than we've gotten out of it. So if you guys are considering supporting this channel, we'd appreciate you checking out our Patreon link at patreon.com slash the Codex Cantina, as well as Ko-Fi of ko-fi.com slash the Codex Cantina. It all helps us in running the show, along with commercials, guys. So thank you so much. We're going to do a quick commercial break, and then we'll get on with the rest of the episode. We are celebrating Women in Translation this month. We are looking at Banana Yoshimoto today. We are also inviting Leslie to see the female perspective on the story today. What up, nerds? <laughs> I will leave a link to Leslie's channel down below. Feel free to go over there and show her some love. Let's get into Dreaming of Kimchi by Banana Yoshimoto today. I'm so excited to talk about this one. Welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I am Banana Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> if you are new around these parts, we take some of the most important literature that has influenced even today's writers. If you'd like to have a conversational approach when it comes to discussing and understanding literature, hit that subscribe button to join us down below. The story that we're covering today, Dreaming of Kim Chi, is part of a short story collection called Lizard that was written in 1993 by Banana Yoshimoto and translated in 1995 by Anne Sheriff. Now, our copy comes to us from this collection of the Oxford Book of Short Stories. We're diving into a couple of these. Feel free to check out a playlist down below if you'd like to see some of the other stories being discussed in this. But like she said, it's available on Lizard and actually free right now. If you are an Audible member, you can go check that out and listen to it for free. It's a pretty awesome what? collection. I didn't know that. I've got to get in on that. So my limited exposure to Banana is one of just awe. The way she takes a subject that is inapproachable, okay? We, we cannot compare these two things. And she takes the back door where she starts going around and bringing you in on these things that you can agree with, right? So she's talking about some of the societal norms in this one, such as skipping out on lunch friends to go on a date and being looked down upon from the office. Yup. Seen that happen, right? Yep. Ordering more food than others when splitting bills with your friends. Yep. Experienced that <laughs> guilt before too, right? And then how a woman can go out late at night may be considered loose or, or something going on when she's by herself. And it's just like, well, yeah, okay, I can, I, I can kind of get there, I guess, Banana. She strings together four or five of these examples where you're like, yep, yep, agree with that. And all of a sudden you're at this conclusion where – holy crap, I just compared the two things that shouldn't have been compared. I don't know how she just weaves this magic, but she gets you there. And what does that do? I feel like that makes me reevaluate my assumptions that I have in real life when it comes to things. And I think that was a major theme of this story is stepping back and reevaluating that preliminary judgment just Maybe the next time you see a woman out late at night, you don't automatically think, well, I know what she's doing. Maybe you stop and think, maybe she got off work late. Something like that. that that's what it made me do. Because I totally had some of these like preconceived notions when I see some of these things like this. And this story really slapped me on the wrist and made me go, uh, I am so guilty of that. 
Well, it even breaks the wall, too, where it's like, you probably have assumptions about women cheating on married men, don't you? And you're like, well, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) The second paragraph of this short story, when I read that about the article that she's reading, I thought, I am not going to like this story. What did (laughs) Una send me? (laughs) Yep, yep, that's, that's banana. She puts you in this situation, and all of a sudden, she tricks you. She tricks mm-hmm. you into reevaluating yourself, which is yes. the highlight of literature right there. So let's do a quick plot recap. I'll leave a link down below if you want to skip ahead to our analysis and discussion of this, uh, just in case you know you make sure we're all on the same page. So the narrator tells us about her free time routine where she has enjoyed grabbing a magazine to read, which well, almost always contains articles of extramarital affairs. The articles have advised women that a married man very rarely leaves their wives to marry the mistress. Therefore, women should learn to cope with with that before engaging in adulterous activities, which I think is okay. Well, boom, right? We're throwing we're throwing those expectations at this point in time, right? Now the narrator is a woman of routine, but looks forward to her nightly call with her boyfriend who's married. She recalls being so embarrassed when one time she was forced to meet her boyfriend's wife. She maintains, though, that the stories from the magazine articles about adultery are not about her. She knows that she's received the last laugh as one day she married that boyfriend and became his wife instead. While they are still having the affair, jumping back in time, the narrator recalls how she would watch the man leave in the morning, stay in bed, and then kind of begin to feel lonely. Eventually, she asks her sister to move in with her, almost kind of like a test to her relationship with this man. But the narrator did enjoy spending time with her sister, especially because then she was no longer alone, and the narrator felt comfort knowing that her sister would never hurt her the way a man would. So, of course, when her boyfriend divorced his wife, asked her to marry, she was excited, but also slightly afraid. When the narrator met the man's wife, she was warned about how men who are unfaithful will always be unfaithful. And I bet you that's a line most people remember when they read this story. Well, of course. The narrator became worried every time her husband left or made calls that she wouldn't, you know, that he wouldn't be home for dinner. And then one day he returns home with a bag of kimchi from his boss's house, his wife, from boss's wife's house. <laughs> Eventually the narrator's husband is called by the ex-wife. He's exonerated from his guilt of leaving her when she was older and uh, moved on, basically. That night, they went to bed, smelled the kimchi, and they're like, huh, where'd that come from? And she says, oh, it must have rubbed off from my ice pack. I had this dream of kimchi. And he's like, yo, those are the same dreams I had. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, let's move into our discussion here. So let me hit you with another angle on this one, Leslie, okay? Maybe more of a minor point to kind of what we've talked about. But can you truly escape your past? We have a quote from the story. I'd love to get your reaction on this. Despite being bound as separate physical entities, we could share these aspects of daily life, and I knew that sharing this kind of connection was what constituted our life together. I do not think you can ignore your past. I think it is a learning tool, but I don't feel that you can ignore it. For sure. And even in this story, right, we have the man that cheated on his wife with her. And now all of a sudden, like, there's kind of this tonal shift where she was like lonely before. And then at the end, when she does have him, she's starting to worry about when he starts to take these calls and come home late. Like, you almost get this 
very negative feeling of just like, oh, is she questioning this man's loyalty? Because, you know, once a, once a married man cheats, he may cheat again. I mean, why wouldn't she? She was the other woman for however long it was that they were together before he left his wife for her. Of course she's going to be suspicious of everything that he does. With good reason, wouldn't you think? Right. And she even kind of admits it where we say, and then I understood that actually it wasn't just a relationship. I had so much baggage from my childhood, from before I was born into this world too. And that's talking about going back generations of even societal pressures and norms, like we were talking about earlier, where you're mm -hmm. expected to behave this way in society and these sorts of things. Before, you know, not even influencing of you, but because of society and this is the way we've evolved, this is the baggage that I must now carry in terms of how I should perform and behave with others. And, you know, and that's the whole, when, when she got into that, where she mentioned carrying the baggage forward from even before she met this man, from when she was a child, that completely flipped the script on just my whole line of thinking at this point. Because at that, I started thinking, what did she carry forward from her childhood? Did she carry something forward that made her feel that all she could get was a married man? That she didn't deserve mm. to have her own healthy relationship with someone who was single? It just, it made me wonder, did she feel broken by something that happened to her as a child or maybe something that happened to someone around her that she just, it affected her so much that she carried it forward? And there was a quote that really stuck with me very early on and it's, memories are energy and if they aren't diffused, they remain to haunt you. And I thought of that when it, it hit me when I first read it, but what tied it back into me to the end was at the end, when it mentioned the whole baggage brought forward and then the memories, if they aren't diffused, they remain to haunt you. Apparently those memories carried forward. They were still haunting her as baggage at the end. So I feel that if there are things in your past, baggage that you're carrying forward, unfortunately you're going to put that, project that on the person or people that are in close relationships with you and around you. And that's not fair to them. It's just right. absolutely not fair to them. And those kinds of things really need to be faced and dealt with so that they don't haunt you and affect your entire future. And that just really, like, I just sat there in awe when okay. I got to that part. Yeah. Yeah, because both the man, right, he, he was carrying guilt from the, from the woman. He's almost exonerated from it kind of at the end. But so is she. She's feeling is this guilt really from the though? past, too. Well, is he really? We no. don't know. We don't get a view into him, right? So I, I guess that's a good point. Do you think he does or do you think he doesn't? Because that might say something about our own expectations. Well, on, on in him. my opinion, he only felt bad until his ex-wife found someone new. And so... Right, right. No, exactly. No, that's exactly <laughs> the point. So maybe to that point, he, dreaming of kimchi, why call this story about the past rubbing off on the present, about this baggage that we carry forward from society's past, from our own past and stuff, and how it rubs off onto the present? I couldn't help but kind of maybe compare that 
with this kimchi, which if you didn't know what kimchi was, it, it's a very pungent smelling uh, dish, if you will. Have, have you had kimchi before? I've not had it, but I looked up pictures of it on the internet when I read the story and it's just, it's very bright and vibrant and basically just permeates everything. If you touch oh, it, yeah. it's going to be on your skin, oh, yeah. in your clothes. And that's what memories do, right? They just will revisit you and whatever. You just never know what's going to happen. And that's what, it's. you walk into a kimchi restaurant, you smell that kimchi. You're like, there's kimchi here. And guess what? When you come home, you know, your, your wife, my wife will smell something like, you have Indian, you have kimchi for, for lunch today. Like it comes with you, right? The same way that these past and these, these experiences have on us. So I love the way that the kimchi rubbed off on the ice pack and then they could smell it. And then they both had the dreams of it as well. It's, it's something from their past that's coming forward and impacting them. It's impacting their dreams even. So I love the way that she wove all this together and made me question my own expectations on others, my own experiences with my past and my own experiences with performing to society's expectations. Oh man, I, I loved it, but she also gave me a really, I mean, it was a hard reality check because I totally am, a lot of the things that she listed at the beginning, I am, I am one of those people that were guilty of thinking those things. And I just started reevaluating, you know, just because someone cheated once, would they really continue to do it? Sure, I have seen the habit with other people in the past, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to do it. And you don't know the circumstances around it. It's not fair for us to judge prematurely when we don't have all the information. And I mean, I was like, wow, uh, Yoshimoto just gave me a kick in the pants to stop that way of thinking, just break myself of that habit and remind myself, you know, you need to put yourself on that person's shoe and walk a few miles before you go hauling off making assumptions. Well, it's, it's almost like the story and the way stories work with us. So often we see those cautionary tales. We set up mm -hmm. the problem and then we solve it as the hero. Mm -hmm. Here we set up the problem, but then Yoshimoto goes through those steps to almost deconstruct it. So we think it's a cautionary tale, but is it? Mm -mm. No. And I think she's shaking that finger saying, hey, change your way of thinking. So very interesting story presented to us here today. We will leave a link down below. Both Banana Yoshimoto stories have knocked me off my feet, and we are going to be doing Kitchen later on this year. Leslie, celebrating Women in Translation Month, we invited you on this channel to kind of, you know, share your perspective on it. Why don't you tell me what your, you know, opinions and the way this hit you, what would you say about the story? I loved the story. And what was crazy is, like I said earlier, that second paragraph when it's talking about, you know, oh, if you're okay with men cheating and you understand what's expected of you, then maybe a married man is for you. I'm thinking, I am not going to like this. Mm. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I love the way it was written. And I don't know if that is because of Banana Yoshimoto or if it's how Anne Sheriff translated it. So I'm not sure. 
if it's the writing style of the author or the translator that resonated with me, but I really enjoyed it. It was such an impactful story. This is one I will not forget. This is one that affects my life personally in that I am going to make an effort to watch my way of thinking when I am observing people or meeting people. I just, man, that is, I, and I want to read more by Yoshimoto for sure. I need to get my hands on a copy of that collection. No, you can download it for free and we're not even sponsored by Audible for this plug, right? <laughs> so, so guys, I would give this one, I'll go with a nine out of 10. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just phenomenal. So check out our Yoshimoto playlist down below. Head over to Leslie's channel. Show her some love as she covers all sorts of things like, like literary fiction, but also fantasy, horror, sci-fi, lots of fun stuff. Guys, hit that subscribe button as we post videos every Monday and Thursday. Una out. See ya.